Welcome to Noir, the podcast that celebrates the extraordinary people of North Omaha. Our goal is to inspire and uplift the Black community by sharing stories of individuals who have made a positive impact. Join us as we connect, support, and encourage one another through powerful conversations and uplifting messages. Okay. Hello and welcome to Noir the Podcast. Noir stands for North Omaha is Really Extraordinary. And the purpose of this podcast is to connect, support, and encourage Black people in and from North Omaha with stories of individuals who inspire us. Why? Because we need it. Right. I am Dr. Nichelle Horton-Brown. I'm Jade Rogers. And we are here today with Ms. Wendy Keys. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Thank you for having me. We are so happy to I'm have happy you. happy to have me. We That's are. Exciting. We are. I'm very delighted. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we will start like we always do. Okay. By asking uh, where you're from and who your people are. Okay. So um, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska, North Omaha. My people... Well, we have new people, but the, the original, yes, the originators yes. are Victor and Jennifer, who still live in North Omaha. Nice. <laughs> in, the, in their last name? Keys. K-E-Y-S. Keys. Okay. Yes. Those are the, the parentals. Yeah. That's what I have them under in my phone. Parentals. <laughs> <laughs> That's where, did, where did they come from? Um, they're both born here. They are? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That explains a lot. Mm-hmm. So... Our connection is that your mom mm-hmm. is my fabulous, the the best <laughs> receptionist that my office could ever have. But that's cool. Yeah, but Miss Jennifer, mm-hmm. she knows everything mm-hmm. about Omaha mm-hmm. ever, like mm-hmm. ever. And she she left for some time, but still always had like that connection. Unlike me, I mean, I don't know anything past like 108th uh-huh you know yeah just because that's all we had i mean she you know knows- that was far west yeah and she's still in them straight she <laughs> is she knows everything which is cool which is very cool. is really cool very um, cool yeah yeah i'm excited for her <laughs> in they, that endeavor but yeah i mean they had something on 24th street and she's like oh i think i'm gonna ride my bike down mm-hmm. there i'm like miss jennifer you're riding a bike because you know they used to do that back in the day, you know, this was like in the 80s. She has a, a friend that she's still, you know, they're still tight and they would be gone all Saturday, <laughs> you know. I mean, it was like a, you know, it was a big deal. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that was, that's just kind of what, what they did. Yeah. Yeah. And she still stays busy <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, yes. you know, I think relatively real connected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More than relatively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. She's, she is the current, <laughs> you know, Miss Jennifer. Mm-hmm. She's the current archivist for oh. the Omaha Star. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to school? Tell, give us your journey. Yeah, so Omaha. I went to Holy Name, and then you know you graduate from eighth grade or whatever, and then I attended Duchenne Academy for four years before going to college. So several times, <laughs> <laughs> going to college yes, several times. I okay, several time and time and time again. Yeah. Well, so, tell us about and then it. that journey. Um, so I went to Iowa State unsuccessfully um, because I, I think I just was tired. 
I had no clue, you know, what I was supposed to do. This Um, is right out of high school? Correct. Okay. You know, and I think at one point, you know, I said, my mom, you know, because my parents are divorced, so a lot of this was just, you know, my mom and I. And so, you know, maybe I'll just go to Europe. Oh, you got to go to school. You got to, you know, I guess maybe it was just to continue that momentum, you know, I think was maybe kind of her, you know, rationale. Mm -hmm. So that was one year at Iowa State. I eventually would go on to graduate from University of Houston and then Sanford University and then um, University of Alabama at Birmingham, two undergrad degrees and then a master's degree. What did you study? That first degree from University of Houston is um, my first um, undergrad degree in health education, health promotion. So during, you know, when I was supposed to be graduating and, you know, getting my life together. So those 20s, I was a group fitness instructor, among other things. Um, So that kind of led me into kind of the health education. There's a little bit of kinesiology background in there as well. And then from there, you know, a lot of this just kind of fell in in my lap. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, at this juncture, I'd been divorced (laughs) and now myself was a single parent. So I had a, uh, and I forget her name, it'll come to me hopefully. I had an instructor, you know, we were graduating and I had an instructor that said, oh, uh, she handed me a pamphlet and um, I, I'm sure I don't have it anywhere, but um, but it had the schools of public health listed. And, you know, I'd been a good student, um, you know, grade school and high school. I'm sure your parents, you know, said, oh, you, you know, go to school, it's the ticket and so I believed it, you know, uh, it's not for everyone, but, you know, I certainly believe the hype. So I applied to, <laughs> I think it was like Harvard School of Public Health <laughs> coming from University of Houston. Like, you know, that's how, you know, I guess the level of self-determination I actually had without knowing like what I would actually, you know, study. Would it be, you know, women and infants, um, you know, international health? you know, whatever the case may be, you know, epidemiology, what have you. So um, I think there were four schools that I, I attempted to um, actually successfully applied to, but only one gave me the go ahead, the green light. So, and that was University of Alabama at Birmingham. So we moved from Houston to Birmingham, you know, just don't know anybody, just show up, you know, put my daughter in a school similar to the school she'd been going to because now she's like eight or nine. Uh-huh. You know, she's still pretty young. So fast forward, maybe like, I don't know, a year and a half um, yeah. as a grad student. I met some amazing people. But my first PI, Michelle Martin, um, I worked with her. So I can't think of the name of the project. I will in just a moment. But the premise was she was looking at residents and their ability to connect with, you know, their patients of, you know, different races, specifically African-American women. So we had community health advisors come and, you know, play the role of, you know, women with different health backgrounds and uh, things like that. Learned a ton of from her. Dr. Martin was was amazing. Uh, and I worked with a cancer oncology type uh-huh. grant and so that was um, how kind of like my segue into um, cancer oncology research, cancer research, because now I'm an oncology nurse mm-hmm. um, and have been so for the last 16 years, um, this last 
15 of those 16 years, I've been traveling. <laughs> yeah. And you've been oh, to some my, amazing places. Some really, some really cool places. So fast forward, do the grad school thing. There's a, there's a ton that I learned. Uh, Dr. Uh, Pauline Jolly, she uh, worked on a grant, an inter- international grant. And there were several sites, but it's, I was a MERT recipient. Okay. Um, I remember her asking me, I'd only been at UAB like maybe a semester, not even fully. I think I remember, I, I think I saw her coming from the library. I think it was in the library studying for finals. So I hadn't even been there a whole semester. And she said to me, when are you ready? Are you ready to go to the field? Something like that. Are you, when, when will you be ready to go into the field? And I thought, well, I know two things. <laughs> Maybe that, you know what I mean? I haven't been tested on them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? She's ready to put you uh, out She there. was, and okay. she did successfully. So there was a project that had been ongoing um, in West Africa, specifically in Ghana. And UAB had this partnership with the Kwame Nkrumah Institute of Technology. And we went for a summer um, and we looked at um, liver cancer uh, retrospectively. So all of my, like everyone in my cohort, they, you know, they, they were deceased. So we went back mm-hmm. and looked and tried to connect, you know, okay, was this liver cancer connected to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And at this juncture, now I'm, I don't know, early 30s, mid 30s. That's when you went to Ghana? Yeah. Okay. So um, first time I'd ever been out of the country, you know, newly minted um, passport, you know, all of Mm -hmm. that good stuff. And so we had worked on the project and I was supposed to actually be actively like reviewing the death records, um, birth and deaths records, say office. And what actually happened, you know, we knock on the door to the office, you know, it's like my first day I show up looking like this. Mm-hmm. And immediately was told no, you know. So my my mentor at the time, you know. So we just kind of look at each other. I was like, okay, what do we do? You know, how who do we told you up? no? It was like the officer there, even though they knew that we were coming to, you know, work on this project. Sure. So they and they knew they were we were coming. You know, everything had kind of been signed off. But the fact that I think it was just me showing up, you know, American, you know, female. You know, they weren't comfortable with that. So, yeah. So we kind of had to take a, a, you know, a little U-turn and, you know, figure out. So what we ended up doing was hiring one of the students and he did all of the all the, the review of the records for me. So basically he had to take, he just took like photocopies sure. of everything. And then, um, so one yeah, of the so like students that was stuff. native to exactly Ghana and okay. male, right? And male. So, okay. I mean, maybe okay. that was an issue. I don't know for sure, but we got the work done. You know, we were there for the summer. Um, my daughter at the time now, she's maybe like nine or 10. So I fly her over. Um, she gets to kick it with us for a month. But yeah, so she she didn't want to come. <laughs> um, I remember calling her, you know, I tell her, well, I'm on the beach, you know, just kind of entice her because this was go <laughs> it was going down. You know, mm-hmm. um, what Dr. Jolly would do is she would come on site where she had students So if there were issues or, you know, what have you, you know, she was there to assist. And then, of course, she had her counterpart that I worked with um, at Kwame Nkrumah. You know, he was he's an instructor. You know, on the flight back, it was like, well, I'm kind of too old to go to, you know, medical school. Uh I don't think I'm smart enough. You know, you're you're 30 something. Yeah. At at 33, 34. 
You, you could so, have done it. You, you could have yeah, done if that's I what you wanted still, to do. Yeah, well, that's kind of 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it was like, well, look, how do, you know, because this is cool. You know, now I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever, mm-hmm. you know. The, the um, traveling? Yes, okay. for sure. Okay. You know, I think I know how to conduct a research project from, you know, beginning to end. So I kind of tick that box. But now it's like, how do I care for people? You know what I mean? So, um, or treat people or how do I become some sort of clinician? Sure. You know, so we go to nursing school. (laughs) So in my city in Birmingham, we have plenty of opportunities for nursing. Uh, UEB has amazing nursing program. I mean, they have basically everything, medical school, dental school, optometry. Yeah. Um, you know, it's its own city, basically. So I go back to school, take some classes, and um, the way that things are set up at this juncture um, at UAB is they're admitting students three times a year, so spring, fall, summer. They only have so many, you know, students that they accept. So, you know, once they get to their cutoff of like 60 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But once you get to the cutoff, now we have to look at your GPA, you know, I mean, we could take 45, the first 45 people, but when we get, you know, let's say 50, 55 or whatever that, you know, over that number, sure. whatever that threshold was, you know, now we have to look at GPA. So, um, and I, I, pretty good students, you know, I, yeah. there were some honors and things, distinctions and stuff. I, I never graduated. Like I don't, I'd never walked. <laughs> so I think my parents paid me for that. Like there was never a graduation. You've never like, had a graduation. I, I would get my diploma in the mail. I'm not, I don't think I've ever walked. Isn't that oh, terrible? Did you walk at Duchenne? Yeah, that was okay. it. The eighth grade in high school, I think. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. By the time you get to the end, you just want it to be done. See? No. I know. I understand. No. I had to be forced to walk. Oh, okay. See? Yeah. I mean, and up until that point, I'd done everything that they said to do. You know, my parents were like, you know, they weren't strict, you know, but to a degree, you know. Sure. My mom, you know, when I turned like a 15, 16, she was like, go get a job. So I did, you know. <laughs> and I've been working ever since, you know. So, you know, I would have been just watching cartoons in the summers and like, yeah. I had, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So you make it yeah. into nursing yes. school and you make it through nursing school, obviously. Yes. And then you start traveling. How did how did you you're an international nurse? You've been yeah. to lots and lots of places. Well, I've been to Saudi Arabia. I was there for five years. Okay. But I mean, as far as leaving the country again and working in that capacity, that ain't gonna happen. That'll never happen again, you know. Yeah. Really? So, Why? There's no money. <laughs> Oh. That's that, easy. that answers that i mean <laughs> some people can do it mm-hmm. um you know you can go to ireland or you know the uk but i can do that on vacation do you know sure. what i mean so that's not i don't that's not that's not an option for me so what drew you to international nursing because I, I know a lot of again, travel nurses mm-hmm, that again. travel through the country right, indeed, but I've yeah, never right. come across somebody who's listen again traveled internationally to do nursing it just again this is an opportunity that just kind of fell in my lap I um, spent a year working at UAB so that's the public hospital comprehensive cancer center so again there's all this sure. you know 
it's this huge entity, you know, opportunities for research, you know, because I went from working in the Minority Health um, and Equity Research Center, taking classes full time, working part time Mm -hmm. at this juncture and then working as a CNA to know, kind of learn how to be a nurse. Right. Um, So then I graduate fast forward. And because I had been kind of like indoctrinated, I don't know if that's the best word, in oncology, it just kind of was a, you know, a segue. That's just what we're going to do. And my research project was liver cancer at the graduate level. So I decided that I would work at UAB Hospital. And again, like I said, it just was like, you know, I went from research to a clinician. Sure. And um, it was, you know, it was an easy you know, transition for the most part. So was there like an advertisement that says, hey, we're looking for nurses (laughs) to go to Saudi Arabia? How did you you get there? So I I worked at my hospital, Comprehensive Uh Cancer Center, UAB, for a year. And I mean, even when I was in nursing school, I knew that I was going to need to travel in order to, you know, I was a single parent. So I worked GYN Oncology, but not GYN, Mm -hmm. learned what to do and what not to do as, you know, oncology nurse, you know, as a baby nurse, yes. that's the way I put it. And then, um, you know, six months into my tenure at UAB as a nurse, it was like, okay, we got, you know, I, like I said, I knew I wanted to, I had to travel. So I had, you know, started to complete, you know, just look up online, you know, and the agencies that, you know, the, the, the number of them just, I mean, just maybe I won't say five or 10, but it's not like it is now. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but there's like there's several companies in Omaha, you know, or Nebraska. I mean, these entities, they just didn't exist. So six months into, you know, working as a nurse, um, working on the floor at the bedside, Uh which is hard, you know, five patients post surgical, most of them all female. So I'd never worked. I never really had any male patients like that. So then I just started to get calls from recruiters. And then um, I took an assignment and um, we had to do this exam. Um, It's outdated now. We don't, Mm -hmm. a a lot of places don't do it, but um, so I did not pass because it was like, you know, I'd only, I'd only worked, you know, GYN oncology. Uh, So I had to come home. (laughs) After, you know, taking this step, leaving my, you know, my family and going, it was like, oh, okay, this is not going to work out. But um, immediately took uh, an assignment not too far from where I lived. And then the first assignment I took away from home was in Seattle. So you can work an assignment, you know, three months, you know, they'll have these rapid responses. Sometimes these nurses go in, they'll work four weeks, you know, whatever the case may be. If you get there now, all of this is done over the phone. I mean, I've never had a Zoom call or anything, you sure. know, even up to this, this to now, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything's done on the phone. So I don't know these people until I show up. I had worked um, in and around Seattle for that year. So that was, now it's 2009. And that last assignment met a nurse who had been to Riyadh, been the 90s. Um, so things are a little different. Mm-hmm. And she'd worked there two years and she said, I came home and I paid cash for my house and my car (laughs) in Seattle. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it didn't take long for me to, you know, get my CV, you know, updated Mm -hmm. and then 
there's only a handful of companies, I think, that kind of do international nursing the um, or placing nurses, what have you. But um, the company that I went with, they're in Canada. I went to Atlanta, met with like, not a recruiter, but for a lack of better word, let me just say recruiter. Sure. You know, just kind of interview, you know, see if, ask what, whatever questions I might have, that kind of thing. And then next thing I know, it was like, Maybe four months later, I was on a plane, April 2010, to Jeddah and then to Riyadh. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and did, the, did someone prep you of what to do when you landed? So, sort of. So, you have a contract. I mean, you get, you have paperwork. There's documents that you have to submit. I don't think I have copies of, I think at one point, you know, I had copies for myself. Half of it was in Arabic and the other half, because so the page was, you know, eight, eight and a half by 11 or whatever. So split in the middle. So my part was in English, let's say left or right. And then the opposite side was everything's in Arabic. So you read, you sign, you know, whatever. And to, to this day, the way that I kind of interpreted that contract is don't get put out of this country. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> you could, they could put you out. And I know some people that did. <laughs> See, now I want to say, what did they right, do? Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, and how were they put out? Yeah. Were they put out intact? Or what yeah. Was, what was they the fear? Were. What was the fear of being put well, out? Like what, what? Well, I mean, I don't want to go anywhere and embarrass my parents. They're still alive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, let's just say that for Americans, I think we could do like yearly uh, contracts. So you get like a yearly review. You get... Maybe a little bonus or whatever. But let's say that, you know, I only wanted to stay, let's say I only stayed two years or whatever, you know, and then you exit the country, you know, they've got like, there's an exit process, you know, and you go to different, you know, offices or whatever, just to make sure you're in good standing, you know, because maybe I want to come back. You know what I mean? So, yeah, don't get put out. So you were there for five years. Five consecutive years. You didn't get put out. (laughs) She did not get put out. <laughs> We're happy I'm, about that. <laughs> and your your daughter, she she went with No, because I know my daughter. She would not have enjoyed that. And I mean at that juncture, you know, women are now they're able to drive like in the last three to five years, you know, that, that uh-huh. has been bestowed upon them. Um so you know, we had drivers. There wasn't anything to do. You can go to the mall, you know, there's lists for things, you know, uh-huh. the various embassies and stuff, you know. So going to the brunches and um, you know, at the American Embassy or it's like the Marine Ball. I went once in five years, you know, just to say I went. There's a lot of activities, you know, cultural activities at, you know, some of the, um, the other embassies and stuff. You know, they have people come in and, you know, maybe the, the French Embassy, it would be um, we just go and, and sit and listen to classical music live, you know, classical music or whatever so we'll dive into some of the other other stuff you know but I mean so looking the way that I do you know Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty big girl I'm not six foot but you know I think I'm around five eight you know my hair was was dark I had a hairstylist there so and she knew my color so she colored my hair and so you know I had this long hair and you know I looked like like Sally from the back just kind of frowned upon so you know when you leave the um, the grounds of the hospital, you wear an abaya. You know, I always wore a scarf in the event that, you know, Matawa is the, that's their religious police. 
they wouldn't accost you, but if you were in public, but they would you shouting, you know. So I got into the <laughs> habit of wearing what? Yes, cover your head. You said religious <clears throat> police, uh-huh. Matawa. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think that they have like any real like power. You know, like to take anybody in handcuffs, excuse me. Mm -hmm. But they, as a group themselves, I guess, in order to keep, you know, Islam and the Muslim way, you know, intact. Yeah, you couldn't bring, I think you couldn't bring a Bible, I believe. It was their way, you know. Mm -hmm. But they, there was a prince (laughs) And I don't know the whole story. Well, there's several that's pr- a story. There's several there princes. Prince. There's several princes. But some, there was a prince that allowed a contingency of, um, I believe they're all South African women to have like a hall somewhere where they can mm. go and, you know, worship. But like outwardly, you know, you're not coming there to proselytize or, you know, do anything like that. Definitely. Not as a Westerner. Yeah. <laughs> did Did anything... In your upbringing mm-hmm. here in Omaha, mm-hmm. did anything from your childhood mm-hmm. prepare you for your travels, your world travels? Probably a myriad of things. I mean, you know, my mom always said, well, you can do you know anything you want. That was not on the radar. Mm-hmm. I never thought, OK, well, I'm just going to vacation in like, you know, Cuba or you know, the Philippines, or I haven't been to Cuba, but I've been to the Philippines. But in high school, you know, those students, they were wealthy, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, they would go to Europe in the summers. and you know. But I was on work study, so I worked during the summer. So maybe just from being, like, in proximity to that, I think it was just being maybe, like, quote-unquote, the right place at the right time. You know, if I hadn't met this particular nurse, you know, while I was in Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, working at this particular clinic, Mm-hmm. You know, on this particular day, that kind of snowballed everything, sure. you know, and then we'd been to Ghana, you uh-huh. know what I mean? So it was like, well, you know, uh-huh. I can do whatever I want. I so, sometimes again. think back mm-hmm. to growing up here in <clears throat> Omaha mm-hmm. as a black child mm-hmm. in a predominantly white mm-hmm. city mm-hmm. and environment mm-hmm. that when I go other places, I feel flexible without certain fear. Mm-hmm. Because I've been around lots of different Mm -hmm. types of people. Do you feel that same way? I think to some degree, because, um, and I want to maybe just focus on grad school. We had a lot of international students and it was, it was cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we, (laughs) I think to some degree we kind of segregated ourselves. I think the international students like sat on one side of the auditorium and like the rest of us, you know, but. I mean, I had friends from, you know, India. Um, I remember one of the, she's a doctor. Um, and uh, her mom and her dad were with her. She had two young children and they would just come. She would call me and be like, we're cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, after that, we never went to like the Indian restaurant ever again. Because it was just yeah the coolest thing ever. You know, that's authentic, you mm-hmm. know. And um, one of the colleagues, he's was like the the minister of health. <laughs> For his country. Oh. Right. <laughs> wow. He And he was a student with right? you? Oh, He's a doctor. Okay. You know, a lot of doctors, a lot of nurses, uh-huh. um, research, you know, bench research. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there was me, 
he was, which, you know, I mean, I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, what I wanted to do. And then to be like in that environment, number one was really cool. Yeah. You know, it was the coolest thing ever, you know, to be this kid again from Omaha, little, <laughs> little tiny, not so tiny Omaha anymore. Yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. So maybe that kind of had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. One of the colleagues is from Jeddah. So she's from Saudi Arabia. And we would, you know, Susan and I would babysit our kids and because they were, you know, they were young and they didn't have, you know, family and they had young children. So, you know, we just come and watch the kids stare at the house while they went out and had dinner. And, you know, so maybe that just being in close proximity, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe planted a little seed somewhere in there. But then again, it was just kind of like opportunity. You know, we were just, you know, on this plane to Ghana, you know, to work on this project for, you know, liver cancer, you know. So, Wendy, I really wanted mm-hmm. to talk to you because there are some people yeah. from North Omaha mm-hmm. where North Omaha is all they know. It is, for real. And one of your first experiences mm-hmm. that you gave to your eight-year-old daughter mm-hmm. was to travel to the motherland mm-hmm. You don't understand Ghana. how cool that was. <laughs> this kid didn't want to come. And then by the time... She left. She was calling herself the Queen of Africa, not Ghana. Okay. (laughs) The continent. continent. All right. What can you Mm -hmm. say to someone who who North Omaha is what Mm -hmm. they know? Mm -hmm. What what do you say? But maybe they long to see what else is out there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess. And I thought you might ask me this, and I didn't have an answer. But um, no it really does go back to like, I mean, you know what my, my mom always told me, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can, you know, I, I mean, I didn't have, you know, I don't know, barriers, whatever it was. It was like, I have to deal with it later or whatever, you know, if there was a barrier, mm-hmm. you know, or barriers to anything, mm-hmm. you know, OK, well, we got to contend with that later. This is the task at hand. And this is this is, has to be done. So I think that outside of, you know, I don't know, saving your pennies, getting out of the way of being in your own way, I guess. Part of it was I'm a history minor, too, at at the undergrad level. And then I remember like one of the first days of grad school, um, one of the instructors said, well, you, you guys are nosy, you know, that's with the research piece, you know, trying to get to the bottom of something. Uh So going to look and see for myself, that's, that's the thing, you know, I think maybe part of it, I think maybe in 20 years, I'll have a better answer, (laughs) but get out of your own way. Do just do it. You, you just, you you know, if it's a financial barrier, Uh you know, and see, that was another thing. Like this stuff was paid for, like Uh my trip to Ghana, I just needed to show up. Do you know what I mean? So when I say that things kind of fell in my lap, it really did. I just needed to show up and participate in the research, which I had no problem doing. Sure. You know, because it was intriguing. I mean, it looks great on my CV, but to actually, you know, even now, maybe I should, I think this, you know, there were some pinch me moments. Is this really happening? You know, because what we were able to do outside of the research you know, once my daughter came, we spent like a whole month traveling. Like I hadn't seen anything. Um, you know, it was between, you know, my travels were between Accra and, and Kumasi. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I brought all my paperwork with me. It was like a backpack full of, you know, the background research. So I did that like in the meantime. 
And then going to, you know, Riyadh, all of that was on the hospital. All I needed to do was show up, bring my clinical skills and, you know, achieve the task or tasks at hand, you know, whatever barriers there were, you know, obviously financial wasn't one for me at that juncture because all of that had been laid out. That, that goes with the training. You, and there were, well, there were had, grants, there were grants, you know, for the research part is, mm-hmm. you know, when I was still in grad school, you know, there were two grants that funded all of that for me. I, again, I just needed to show up and get the work done. Um, my paper wasn't published, but I did do a presentation, I think like a class presentation or what have you. So once I became a nurse and then, you know, having this opportunity to travel to the Middle East. So I was meeting their objectives as well. So what I'm hearing mm-hmm. you say is don't be afraid to take the first step. You you have to. And that's in anything, though. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's not in necessarily international travel. It's not, you know, maybe it's a job moving to another city, mm-hmm. you know, your relationships, whatever the case may be. Because you yeah. listed lots of places that you've <laughs> lived. Yeah. In the short amount of time that we have talked. Uh-huh. And for some people, that is a barrier Yeah, to get gotcha. over just yeah. leaving the state. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So don't downplay the fact that you did that work mm-hmm. in preparation mm-hmm. and you did the training mm-hmm. to get you in the door to have those opportunities. Right. But it was the coolest and then, thing. Mm-hmm. And then you were able to then step in the door. Indeed. I wish I had an answer, you know, a cogent <laughs> argument well, that said... You know, but it's going to be different for every person. You know, it's just like I, you know, when I was in grad school, I knew a young lady that hadn't been to Atlanta, which in my mind, you know, I've been, I have family there. So, you know, that's like a two hour drive yeah. for, mm-hmm. for me. Some, you know, two and a half hours, really. As far as we know, we're only going to come this way once. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it was like, okay. So, so, do <laughs> you know, that was my answer. Okay. Yeah. Just, where are we going? When? You know? Dream and. Uh-uh. Take that first step. You have to. Yeah. Um, most unequivocally, yes. you know, get out of your own way. If you are your own barrier, you know, that's, yeah, you got to overcome that first. You've worked a lot of places, mm-hmm. but that's given you the opportunity to travel and vacation. Ish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of two, like a working vacation. Okay. Yeah. Two mm-hmm. favorite places that you've been for leisure. You know, I want to go to Antarctica. <laughs> um. So for now, today, <laughs> listen, the penguins aren't always going to be there. <laughs> listen, I know I had a colleague who's from Canada and she she flew all the way from Riyadh, however many flights she took to get there. And she's got p- these pictures with, you know, they did the cold plunge. So she's in a bikini with penguins in the background. Come on. Come on. Okay. I don't like being cold. Come so on. Well, yeah. you go, Wendy. It's like 40 degrees out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm in Nebraska. Yeah, I, you're in the I middle know. of the country. Yeah. I know. Where have you been? Two places that you've already been. Oh, maybe Paris. Oh, maybe Paris. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe on my. I don't know. At the top of my list. You'll you'll dig it. Listen, I I went to these places by myself. Yeah. So that you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's awesome. Oh, okay. I did go to the Maldives. I went to the Maldives by myself. So listen, okay, you have to understand. So once I was done in Riyadh, you get a ticket home. 
Uh-huh. Right. So you get the ticket to come and you get a ticket home. You get a yearly ticket to go home if that's what you want to do, or you can get that converted to cash or whatever. So I just kind of like did 19 flights to come home. They paid for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Instead of coming straight home. You know, I didn't have like this treasure trove of like stuff that I brought with me home. I maybe had two boxes mm-hmm. and really I could have pared it down to just maybe one I sold everything. I had like a, um, what do you call it? Like a rummage sale or whatever. Oh, uh, uh-huh. you know, Yard sale. Of, uh, yeah, yeah. Of my mm-hmm. things in my room. Uh, I mean, my, you know, I'd gotten, they have an Ikea there. So I'd gotten Ikea uh, bedspread. <laughs> and everything uh, you're saying, my uh, eyes yeah. just keep getting bigger. So you're, you're you don't know this, Wendy, yes, but sir. you are speaking her whole entire, her whole language. You lost me at Maldives. <laughs> You lost. Me. I went to one of the smaller islands, so it, it doesn't. Wasn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I just went to the small island. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't even remember what the name of that island See, is called either. No, I'm done. I don't with know if they had names no. like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> but listen, this was no. only because I'd been in the region now for five years, and it just made sense. When am I going to have the opportunity to do this again? I mean, I, I, I certainly will. So you you need to take advantage of those things. Yeah. I think that's, you know, again, maybe just being in the right place at the right time, having the ability to say yes, because I didn't have anything going on. I didn't have anywhere to be. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a job when I got home. So I took, I think it was 19 flights in like three weeks. Wow. And then, yeah, so I kind of bounced around. Yeah. yeah. So it was cool. <laughs> I'm like so excited right now. We're going to have another conversation. We can. That's recording. Right. That's cool. <laughs> we can do whatever you want. <laughs> I think that you will definitely inspire some people. I hope so. Yeah. I, no, I hope so. I hope that if there's something that you're afraid of, what's the thing that's holding you back? What are those barriers? You know, again, is it financial? Is it family? Is it, you know, whatever? Yeah, and, and then put those just, barriers behind you and focus on the thing in indeed, front of you. Right, indeed, that's what you said. On pushing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. I love it. <laughs> you identified it. You said, okay, and put it behind you. Yeah, yeah. just kept this going. This is a barrier. Right. And I'll address that later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, if I can or, you know. You still have ties to Omaha, so we always end by asking people okay. what other extraordinary individuals in or from North Omaha should we know about? Your mom has got to be one of yeah, them. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yes, because yeah. she is extraordinary. Keys is yes. one of them. Um, maybe I would say my daughter. Listen, she came to Omaha and made Omaha her background dancer or something. <laughs> I mean, she, she's probably been here eight years or nine uh-huh. up until mm-hmm. she um, had her own business. So, I mean... This woman can network. What's her name? Susan. Well, maybe we have them on together. Hmm. Wendy, thank you. Oh, my gosh. This thank was amazing. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was our pleasure. <laughs> okay. Thank you for tuning in to Noir, the podcast, where we celebrate the extraordinary people of North Omaha. We hope you've been inspired by today's episode and encourage you to share your own stories with us. You can reach us at Noir, that's N-O-I-R-E, the podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram. Until next time, stay extraordinary.